Outlander Audio presents this unabridged recording of Tim, written by Colleen McCulloch and read by Kate Hood. Dedication For Gilbert H. Glazer, M.D., Chairman, Department of Neurology, Yale University School of Medicine, with gratitude and affection. Chapter 1 Harry Markham and his crew arrived on the job at exactly seven o'clock that Friday morning. Harry and his foreman, Jim Irvine, sitting inside the pickup cabin, and Harry's three men in the open back of the truck, perched wherever they could find a level space for their behinds. The house they were renovating lay on Sydney's North Shore, in the suburb of Artarman, just behind the spreading desolation of the brick pits. It was not a big job, even for a small-time builder like Harry, merely covering the red brick bungalow with stucco and adding a sleep-out to the back veranda. The kind of job Harry welcomed from time to time, because it filled in the gaps between larger contracts. The weekend promised heat and endless sun, if Friday morning was any indication. The men piled out of the pickup, grumbling among themselves, plunged into the gloomy tree-shielded aisle of the side passage, and shed their clothes without a twinge of self-consciousness or shame. Changed into their work shorts, they came round the back corner of the house, just as the old girl was shuffling down the backyard in her faded pink chenille bathrobe, circa 1950, carefully carrying a gaudily flowered china chamber pot in both hands, her head a twinkling mass of tin butterfly hair wavers, also circa 1950. No newfangled rollers for Mrs Emily Parker, thank you very much. The yard slipped gradually into the moor of a gravelly clay canyon, which had once been the source of a considerable number of Sydney's bricks. Now it served as a convenient place for the old girl to empty her chamber pot every morning, for she clung doggedly to the habits of her rural origins and insisted on her potty at night. As the contents of the pot flew in a solid-looking arc of pale amber toward the bottom of the brick pit, she turned her head and eyed the nearly naked men sourly. G'day, Miss Parker, Harry called. Ought to finish this today, I reckon. And about bloody time too, you lazy lot of bots, the old girl snarled as she came slopping up the yard again, quite unembarrassed. The things I have to put up with on account of yous. Miss Horton complained to me last night that her prize pink geraniums is all covered with cement dust and her maidenhair fern got squashed flat when some useless coot buzzed a brick over her fence yesterday. If Miss Horton's that prune-faced old spinster next door, Mick Devine muttered to Bill Naismith, then I bet her bloody maiden here didn't get squashed by a brick only yesterday. It up and died years ago from no fertiliser. Still complaining loudly, the old girl disappeared inside with her empty chamber pot. A few seconds later, the men heard the energetic sounds of Mrs Emily Parker cleaning her chamber pot in the back veranda toilet, followed by the swoosh of the toilet system discharging and a sound of ringing china as the pot was hung on its diurnal hook above the more orthodox repository of human wastes. Jesus, Henry, I bet the bloody grass is green down in that brick pit, Harry said to a grinning crew. Oh, it's a bloody wonder she ain't flooded it out long before now, Bill sniggered. 
Well, if yous asks me, she ain't the full quid, Mick said. In this day and age, and with two proper bogs in her house, she's still peeing into a gazunder. A gazunder? Tim Melville echoed. Yes, sport a gazunder. A gazunder is the thing that gazunder the bed every night, and that you always put your flaming foot in when you get up in a hurry, Harry explained. He looked at his watch. The ready-mix concrete truck ought to be here any tick, I reckon. Tim, you get out the front and wait for it. Take the big wheelbarrow off the truck and start ferrying the mud back to us as soon as the blighter shows, okay? Tim Melville smiled, nodded and trotted off. Mick Devine, absently.